This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Llanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room, Drew. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you here. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. How are you? Yeah, man, we're, we're doing good. We're happy to have you. Um, it's uh, it's it's not often we get to talk to somebody who specializes in what you do. So we'll get more into that. Um, where does your origin start? What does it look like? Like, did you come from a family of entrepreneurs? Is that something that was in your environment when you were growing up? Uh, I wouldn't say that. Uh, a lot of my family went into medicine. Actually, I've got uh, some siblings who are doctors and nurses and things. But uh, business was just a passion of mine since high school, and uh, that's kind of where it led me on uh, to entrepreneurship. I see. In high school, you just you were like lemonade standing or selling candy out of the backpack. <laughs> or... <laughs> uh, well, yeah, if, uh, you know, back in elementary school, I was selling, uh, you know, drawings door to door for a quarter piece, I think, and, you know, trying lemonade and all that stuff. But it was really getting into high school and, and seeing uh, business come together with psychology, actually, to understand consumers and why they want things, why they do the things that they do that kind of uh, all came to a head in the form of marketing and entrepreneurship for me. Wow. That early. Huh? Okay. Um, so then where does it really try like start to take real hold where you're actually made, like you decided to go out and actually make some money beyond just being curious about it. Was it in high school? Uh, yeah, no, I've had like a thousand business ideas, most of which I haven't uh, pursued. I, I think for me, you know, graduating, uh, from college, I you know I wish I could say I was the the college dropout that just struck off on my own and and made it big, but that wasn't me. I you know went to college, I got the you know, the diploma to put on the wall, uh, worked you know for some big companies, and then always on the side I'm thinking of you know what's the side hustle or what's the business that I can uh, create. So that's just kind of the way that my mind works. I I like that man. I I've noticed most people who do and eventually succeed as entrepreneurs have that habit of like constantly seeing the opportunity for money to be made. Like you, you have to, if you're going to be in business, that's part of, and there are some people who just don't, and then they go into business and they're all about the craft of what they may be doing. That isn't necessarily generating revenue. And it's really hard to watch that happen. I myself am a creative originally. So it's something that I've, notice is the biggest difference between me and most people in business. And it's something that I'm beginning to realize. And I want, I want to highlight it on the show, especially because it was so apparent when you said it is you're always thinking of what could be the next side hustle, the next thing. I'm sure even now with your more established uh, professional life, you're still like, yeah, that, that would be interesting to pursue. Do I have the time for it? Probably not, but I bet you someone can make a couple of dollars off that. Is this true? Yeah, I think what you said uh, resonates with me, which is just identifying the opportunity of, of what is not just uh, out there, but what could be out there, what's possible, and is there an unmet need? That's the you know business one hundred and one is uh, taking uh, an advantage of an unmet need or, or 
servicing an unmet need in a new or different way. And that's the bedrock of entrepreneurship, in my opinion. Man, and, and you know, someone who I know is just like that is Jason. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, it, I can't have a single conversation where I'm going. You know, there's a deal there somewhere. You know, and I'm like, really? Where 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 does it? Where where is that? And it, and it's just that that is like you said, the bedrock of entrepreneurship, but it's also the DNA, right? Like, it's just it's inescapable. So let, before we go any further, I want I want to get to the point here. So what, in my notes, I have here you're a marketing director for Tony's. Right. Uh, yeah. So uh, Tony's is a, a screen-free audio speaker system for kids. It uh, actually started in Germany. I didn't uh, create it, but uh, I helped launch it into the United States about two years ago. And basically what it does is it plays songs and stories for kids. So you put a little figure on uh, the box and it'll tell a story or, or sing a song. So it's a great screen-free alternative. Uh, you see we've got characters like from Sesame Street or Paw Patrol or Disney and it's a great way to entertain and educate kids without have them having them stare at a screen. That's really fascinating. I went to visit my sister, I think it was last Christmas, and I saw how much time, like kids go crazy if they can't be on their tablets, like literally throw tantrums, throw themselves on the floor. And even if parents wanted to take them off at this point, if they've spent any amount of time consistently, it is hard to get them to stop using that and do anything else. Uh, and even play outside, like maybe some of us here on the uh, in this room right now talking had done uh, when we were kids, and it's so cool to know that it's basically like a like a like an Amazon Alexa that's like kid friendly only, right? Is 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 that a, like another way of saying that? Yeah, it's similar. So like you know, Alexa can play songs and stories. Say, hey, Alexa, play me a story or whatever. Uh, you know, maybe the downside to that is kids can also get onto the, uh, <laughs> the marketplace. They can buy things. You might have something showing up at your door. So there's no threat of that with the Tony box. It's, it's more of a self-contained experience. And because we have the fi figures, uh, it's a tactile play experience as well. So that's a little bit different. Than right, right. It's so important though, man. I mean, Jason, you're, you're, you're a parent yourself. Uh, does that, does that sound interesting to you? Like, wow, like screen free. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, we just live in this world of all this technology, right. And with every technology comes its pros and cons, right. So, you know, iPads, computers, smart TVs. I mean, my TV smarter than me for Christ's sake, <laughs> Jesus Christ, many sakes. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> you know, or my kids, they know how to run all this stuff more than I do. You know, I can't get something working. My six-year-old's like, well, dad, you got to plug this in. It's like, well, Jesus, really? <laughs> you know? And there's another, and I can't remember what it's called, but it's very, it's it, totally different. It's a, it's a, like an animal type thing. And, and it's very uh, interactive, so on and so forth. Um, I met this guy a couple years ago and they just did a huge launch of this product, but but I really love the, the idea of, you know, getting away from all the electronic stuff like that. Um, I make a very cognizant effort like during dinner and all that kind of stuff, dinner, family time, stuff like that. Cause now technology can help you too, because now I can go onto Comcast and go, kill wi-fi <laughs> right? and the whole house is shut off right and 
you know, then it forces because then you just tell the kids, oh, well, Comcast must have went out, I guess. Right. So I guess we got to play a board game and then you get that time. It's kind of a tricky way to do things. But but in, in these times of technology that we need, we need more stuff like what you guys have because it brings kids back into a different way of learning and that, that new way of, or not new way, that's the way I learned growing up is through stuff like that. And it's a different cognitive experience, I think. And I bet you there's a ton of research to prove that too. <laughs> so, so I think it's great. I love it. Yeah. Is, is that, is that accurate? Drew? And also like, how did you, how did you get it? Did you found Tony's the company itself? Uh, no, maybe it would help just to give you a little bit of my journey. I uh, started out at P&G actually uh, coming out of business school. I was working on some big beauty brands, uh, Olay, CoverGirl. I uh, ended up working on Jergens body lotion for a while before uh, I just got bored of it. You know, I was doing coupons for the Sunday paper, trying to sell $7 tubes of mascara and $5 bottles of lotion. And I wanted to do something more fun. Uh, so I went to Lego and I ran the preschool business for Lego for a few years. And that's kind of where I started to get a real kind of, uh, I call it entrepreneurial because it was part of a big company, but just doing some different kind of things, launching new products and uh, doing having a lot more fun in the toy business, uh, working on Lego. Uh, I also started my own uh, daycare out in Connecticut while I was there. Uh, it was like a pay by the hour uh, kind of deal where I saw this need for parents to get a break from their kids. Maybe they want to uh, go to a movie or go to the store, or go to the gym uh, so they could drop their kids off and you know pay for an hour, pay for two hours. Um, so that was a business I started in Connecticut and then came over to Tony's and, and just trying to continue on with, uh, with that. Uh, it was founded in Germany, but uh, I've been part of the launch team to kind of bring it to the United States and to launch it as a, as a new brand. So even though I'm working for a, a company, it feels very entrepreneurial. Yeah, it very much can be uh, in particular with that, with that market. Cause the, the, the consumer product uh, vertical, you, you're, it's like the music industry. You have to be a rock star. Like it, it's either a hit or it's not. And, and, and that's that. And then you're sitting with a bunch of inventory wondering what you're going to do with it. Uh, but the fact that it's in a vertical where money is actually spent already because parents will spend. I mean, I, when I found out that like strollers are like $800 upwards to $2,000, I was like, for what? <laughs> a thing that holds your baby? I began to realize there's a real tax on having a child, like or, like everywhere you look, diapers, strollers, what have you. And yet uh, we, as parents, it's no wonder that we'll turn to something like a tablet, which has infinite entertainment for very low cost to entry. However, is that the best decision for our kids, right? Like that's... That's something you have to ask yourself as a parent. And, and many parents are overworked, underpaid, and you name it. So they're not even, uh, they're, I don't know, do the thing. Here's the toy. Here's the, yeah. the, leave me alone. Right. And that's like, it's a sad reality, but it's a reality nonetheless. So it's really fun to know that someone with your background, like as an adult, right. I mean, somewhat an adult, I'm 34, but I, I'm sure there's some that will look at me and say, I still don't know how to wipe my own ass. You know? <laughs> but, but I, I, I feel like if someone were to give me Legos on my birthday, I'd still be like, Oh, that's awesome. I, I feel like all of us here would, would feel that like, well, this is interesting. And like, keep it on my desk. I don't know. Someone gave it to me as a gift. What was I going to say? No, it's Legos. Right. So knowing that you came from that and then 
you're, you're in this vertical now. D- did you carry anything over from Lego that has served you well in this new space? Cause you know, that's also a product in the market for kids. Was there just, was it a valuable education to come over or was it a totally different beast? The minute you came in, you thought, Oh, wow. I really thought that was going to prepare me, but this is a whole different ball game. Uh, there are differences for sure, but I think it definitely helped, uh, you know, Lego is a Danish company. Uh, so working with European counterparts is very similar to Tony's being a German company. Um, you know, obviously being a toy, uh, for preschool children, uh, there are a lot of similarities there. I think the biggest thing that I took from Lego into Tony's was actually just some of the successes that I had with the programs I created, um, gave me a new kind of thought on influencer marketing, actually, because when you think of influencers, you think of all of these, you know, I should use my words carefully, but uh, just very put together uh, (laughs) people on Instagram that are showing you their highlight reel and and maybe you know them in real life, but probably not because they've got, you know, thousands or millions of followers. And I take a different approach to influencer marketing. I uh, find that influencers can be people that are actually in your community, people that you trust. And so I created a program at Lego called Prescription for Play, in which pediatricians would uh, promote daily play between parents and kids. So the parent would take the child in for a wellness checkup, and the pediatricians would give them a prescription card and a product sample, and they'd say, hey, play with your kids every day. And there was such a response to that and a quick response to that, that I thought, well, these are the influencers, they're the doctors. And so I took that from Lego coming into Tony's thinking of who are the influencers for this product? Well, in my mind, it could be a teacher because uh, you put a Tony box in a classroom and you uh, help a child learn how to read, or uh, you teach a child their phonics or their sounds or their letters that's a powerful thing. And so if you get teachers on board with our product, then you can get parents on board with it. So that's just my take on influencer marketing and some of the translation I took from Lego over to Tony's. It's incredible having that discussion and and hearing you speak just now the way you did made me immediately think and jump forward. And I don't always do this, but I jump forward into the future. Like what is education going to look like for the youth and playtime? when AI is now involved and it's it's individual based case by case basis and their metrics and their KPIs and all their numbers are running and you know with a total of 62 minutes of playtime uh with serotonin and dopamine boosts were such and such. I mean because that's the world you're stepping into just now even with like the screen free and that decision that you're making to be able to change the chemistry and and the cognitive uh, interaction with someone, there's a leap forward there. Uh, Is that something that's crossed your mind at all as far as your professional journey? Yeah, I think uh, I've learned that, you know, if you can be on trend or uh, on topic, uh, it helps your career uh, professionally, for sure. It helps your business. Uh, The fact that we're a screen-free product uh, coming on, we actually launched in the middle of lockdown in covid and so this was when uh, parents were giving their kids screens at earlier ages and for longer <laughs> periods of time than ever before. So to counterbalance that, to be able to give them a device that has no screen, still entertains them, educates them, engages them, uh, that definitely plays in our favor. But uh, I think the other kind of part of your question that I made me think was just the proliferation of technology in general and the, the more virtual our 
world gets, uh, I think there's always going to be a counterbalance to that of how do we stay in the real world and how do we remain present and how do we keep our kids grounded? And those are all questions that I think lend to a screen-free experience or an offline experience. Uh, however prevalent you know technology is, there's always going to be the counterbalance to that. I mean, there definitely needs to be a Tony box for adults who work all day in front of computers. Hey, Tony, tell me a story. Yeah, what do you want to know? <laughs> you know, I like it. <laughs> Order me a pizza. All right, coming right up. I don't know why Tony and pizza, but there, there's definitely a need for for us to be off screen. This is as a society for more than we currently do. And, you know, there are some people that take it to extremes and they're living off the land, man. But the, the, it's true. And I think you're right on the money. And I'm in full support of that, especially for kids, man, because uh, they, I, my parents couldn't, you know, for the short time that I did have them as I was growing up, they couldn't keep me out the house long enough as far as they were concerned. I don't know, I'll go outside, you know? And I used to get into all kinds of trouble, like crank calling people on the little dial pads at the apartment buildings, you know, and jumping into people's backyards was supposed to be in. But kids don't do that anymore, man. They, they, they have a tablet and their video game systems. And it's just that can't be good. That can't. You got to get into some trouble as a kid. That's part of being a kid. And no one's getting in trouble. People are causing trouble online. And, you know, there's a lot of uh crazy things happening on there, but this screen free thing, I'm in full support of it, man. Full support of it. So um, before we go any further, I want, I, wa I want to take a quick break to give a shout out to, to our, to our supporters. And then we're going to continue this dialogue with finding out where people can learn more about what you're doing, where they can connect with you. So uh, rogue publishing partners is a, uh, is a partner of ours, a supporter of ours. And if you're an entrepreneur, executive, whatever, a coach, a consultant, if you're writing, and you're publishing and you're trying to market books, Rogue Publishing Partners is going to give you everything you need to do that in one place. They call that a turnkey solution. And Rogue Publishing Partners is one that we believe in. Lion, do they listen to the show uh, and learn from the show and grow as the show grows through the educational insights, similar to this conversation? But they also themselves are very experienced professionals who have their own pedigree and career, much, much like Drew, you know, where there's a, there's a whole history of professionalism that speaks for itself. So if that's something you're interested in doing and you want to work with people who do know what they're talking about, one of the people we support you to get in touch with is roguepublishingpartners.com. Let them know the worm sent you and they'll roll out the red carpet for you. On that same vein, Drew, where should people be getting in touch with you if they're a parent and going, you know what, I would like to try that, or I would at least like to learn more about that. Is there a social channel? Is there a website? Is there an email list? Uh, yeah. So Tony's.com is a good first place to start. T-O-N-I-E-S.com. That will kind of show more about the product, more about what we're doing. Uh, also purchase there uh, on Instagram. You can find us at Tony's.us. Uh, we're also in Target, though, and Best Buy, Barnes & Noble, uh, and you can find us on Amazon. So uh, we're out there. We're uh, kind of growing our presence, uh, and, and that's where you can find us. That's super cool. So you actually already broke into major distribution. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of a phenomenal story. Uh, you know, the, the, the launch in Germany went really well. Uh, they sold a few million of these things. Uh, it's actually the fastest growing toy in Europe right now. And uh, here in the United States, we're off to a great start. We, uh, you know, 
won a bunch of awards I won't bore you with, but uh, it, it's a really valuable tool and uh, we're starting to get uh, traction. And, you know, that makes the good conversations with people like Target a lot easier. What would you say is the most difficult thing about being a marketing director for a consumer good like that? I think it's just clutter. Uh, you know, people are subjected to so many uh, hundreds, if not thousands of marketing messages every day. Uh, and it's how do you let people know who you are? And how do you let them know what kind of value you can add to their household? Uh, and once you can do that, you know, we have such, uh, I believe, a, a good product uh, that's universally applicable to anybody with a preschool age child. If you can get their attention long enough to show them the benefits of providing an independent screen-free play experience for their kid, you'll make a sale. It's just how do you break through the clutter? Yeah, man. I mean, like everything else right now, you're you're so right. It's it's so hard to stand out. And I'm glad that you stopped by a show like this because if anybody understands getting an edge and doing things differently, it's entrepreneurs and our audience is that. So you're doing the right thing. Like this is definitely a part. Is this like when you're a marketing director, do you choose the campaigns that you want to go to specifically? And, and do you have full ownership of that? Because I, I imagine someone like you would need that as an entrepreneur. Uh, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I came to Tony's from Lego is, you know, Lego, I did some entrepreneurial things, but, you know, it was a, a very large company. Uh, sometimes it, it's hard to uh, to be autonomous and entrepreneurial. Uh, fortunately, coming to Tony's as part of the the launch crew, the leadership crew, uh, I can kind of make those decisions to to launch the campaigns that I want to uh, to focus on. That's how it is, man. That's how it is. And finding good directors of a marketing initiative is so difficult because most people will just pull out the boilerplates and then spend your money the way it's always been spent. But I get the sense that that's not how you do things. So I, I'd love for the community to get to know you better, man. Uh, but it is tradition around here for Jason to close out the show with us. Uh, so I just want to say I, I've, I appreciate the work that you're doing and I, I'm rooting for Tony's. I'm going to put my sister onto that. She's got four kids. Uh, to the youngest are twins and those girls need their tablets. Every time I call her, she's like, "Where I gave you your tablet. You're supposed to keep it on the charger. That's a conversation that happens every time I talk to her on the phone, I hear it inevitable. So I'm going to see what happens with that. But uh, with that said, I'm going to turn it over to Jason before we hit the grand finale. Um, and, and just to see his thoughts, because I'm sure he's got a few uh, specifically because he's a parent. I, I love the idea of the screen-free type of experience for kids. And I, I think, honestly, it will make a big comeback at some point, right? Because we go through these trends and shifts and all these things. And really, when you think about it, you couldn't have picked a better place to get on and talk about this to busy entrepreneurs. <laughs> right? And I hate that we're saying the word busy, but that's that's what how a lot of people compartmentalize what they're doing is just busy, right? Because um, a lot of people are busy, they're not really productive. And, you know, so the the audience here really is perfect for for this conversation because guess what? mom and dad or dad or mom or whatever. Um, they own a business and they're, they're always on the go, always doing this stuff. This gives an alternative, a big reach back alternative, which I absolutely love it. I think it's great. 
Yeah, man. So, so with that said, if you could have invited anyone, Drew, to this show to listen in today, this particular episode, you had your pick of the litter, any person, place, thing in the world to be here as part of the room and, and you know, insert yourself with the conversation, who would you have loved to have had here and why? Uh, you know, I love this question. You know, I, a few different people are swirling around my my brain, but one uh, person that I just comes to mind for me is his name is Joe DeSena. He's the CEO of Spartan. Yeah. Yeah, And uh, I just admire the guy so much. I am a Spartan racer myself. Uh, I just love what it does uh, for, you know, motivation and personal performance and just pushing yourself to limit. But just as an entrepreneur, I admire him for his grit and his ability to, to go through a pandemic like we've just gone through his his product, his uh, company is literally all about getting people together uh, to race. And he couldn't do that for, you know, a number of months. And how do you uh, run a company when your main product is entirely shut down? And, and he just, he, he took the challenge and he's thriving and he's just somebody that I look up to a lot as an entrepreneur. That's a really interesting point to bring up. Uh, a friend of ours, of Jason and ours, Cal Fussman, actually is pretty close to Joe DeSena, at least like a phone call away kind of thing. And um, uh, I'm not, but you know, Cal is. And it's it's true. Cal did the Spartan race because Joe DeSena convinced him to do it to get back in the you know back into shape. And you know, Cal used to be a boxer at some point. And actually, the only reason he started boxing was because his kids it challenged him that he would he would never be able to get in a ring with someone like 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 uh julio caesar chavez right and he's like what well, I'll, I'll do it and he did cal has cal has a photo of him in the ring fighting a champion it's crazy to me man and really? all, yeah you know i yeah I, I gotta i gotta i we gotta get on the phone with cal to talk about that or the next yeah. time you talk to him we're bringing yeah, it up. yeah. But yeah, I, and I remember because I was helping him upload and edit um, the Joe DeSana episode. So I love that you brought that up because I rarely hear people talk about that in the business circle, even though he's like one of the most relevant people in fitness and health. Um, and, and maybe there's a mental health angle we can do with Tony's because uh, Cal loves talking about health and wellness in general. So maybe there's something there we can do and that might bring you one step closer. No promises. I guess it's not my show. You know, uh, it's, Cal show is not my show, but you never know, man. The universe works in mysterious ways. But uh, with that said, it is tradition, like I said, around here for Jason to close us out. So I'm gonna let him do that. But Drew, it's been an absolute pleasure. I think you're doing the right thing and somebody needs to champion causes that are alternatives to what most people just hand us and expect us to deal with. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me. Yeah. 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 I, I will say that, um, you know, what, what you're doing is a great thing. I, I love the concept of it just as a parent myself and we need to do more of that. You know, I think our, well, just, just a quick story here. Um, here's a, here's something that this is like real from a parent, right? A real time thing that just happened last week. And that is we've noticed that our son, cause he got kind of stuck on YouTube, right? And we noticed how it's been changing his behavior, literally changing his behavior to where you know, he gets a little sharp if you you step in the room or you walk in front of the TV or you do stuff like that. So we literally shut it off for a week. We took it all away for a week. And this week, it's a different kid, right? So totally different. I mean, it's amazing 
how you just remove them from that just for just a brief amount of time and the change that caused in his behavior and things like that. So there's some proof in, you know, having these, these, these different platforms like you guys are creating because guess what he was doing when he wasn't watching TV, he was playing with Legos for an entire week. He built three or four different, these big, huge Lego things and so on and so forth. And, uh, and then he, he said the other day, he goes, dad, that was actually, that was a lot of fun doing that. And I was like, so it's like, you're, you're actually validating a lot of things. (laughs) Yeah. I I hear a lot from parents, similar things. Uh, I think that's great. You know, it's just about the discipline to, to get them off the screen. And once they do that, they do a variety of different creative activities. And I think that's fantastic. Yeah, Yeah, man. I mean, that, that snippet is totally a testimonial. (laughs) Yeah. Just on the science of what you're doing. (laughs) Cause it's so true. Even even before we jumped on the conversation, we were talking about how uh, how easy and cheap the dopamine quality is of being on social media, right? Being on a screen and how that changes the reward system, which I believe is probably what's happening with the behavior change is the minute that the reward comes from like building something and widgets, you know, like that, that kind of uh that kind of physicality that's really what's happening is we're able to externalize things and it's a healthier dose and a more steady dose of what we need, which is dopamine, the only real currency in life to that keeps us, that gets us moving. And so it, there's something so important about this. And I feel like we're at a pivotal time in society where we're going to decide between maintaining something that's better for us. Like that's why people love podcasts. People might watch videos, people, you know, people may even read books. Uh, by and large, a lot of people like throwing a podcast on, they'll listen to, they'll download one pre beforehand and listen to it on the, or an audiobook uh, on a flight, you know, on a jog while they're, it's because it doesn't demand much of you and you can still be yourself. Whereas a screen will immediately force you to do that. And that's the thing you're doing. So there's something to be said about this. And, and, and there are plenty of people way smarter than me who had been talking about it way before podcasting got famous and like something that everybody was doing. Like I started in 2014 and everybody was like, you do what, what is, what is that for? I was like, no, look, the statistics are here by and large. Most people who do, who do podcasting or listen to podcasting are college educated. And that, and, and you know, that, it's like, it was like a back when people were still using like Alexa statistics uh, at the time. And so it's, it's real that there is something to be said about how much humans love to listen. And when it's not like a radio edit, we're giving away five, 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 like all that, you know, like nobody, the people like, what is that? Turn that off, you know, but if it's not music or it's, but this talk radio, speaking to people, conversations, auditory, yeah, the kinesthetic, all, all that is real. So you're on to something. And I'm glad that this conversation got to foster that notion so that people can walk away from this and only go, is this a decision I want to make as a parent? It sounds like a great alternative. But also another question I'll leave you with is, what about me? How am I consuming? And can I be better and gain more from being off screen, right? Entertain the thought, if it's good for your kid, it's probably good for you. 
All right. So those are my thoughts. But again, I'm, I'm going to let Jason close this out. Because, so this, so this, <laughs> yeah. It's just a conversation we could literally continue for <laughs> a while. Um, but in the interest of protecting your time. Um, yeah. Great to have you. Thanks so much for being here. We all have the same 168 a week and glad you could stop by for 35 and spend it with us and uh, shed a little bit of a different light than we usually have. And uh, it was well worth it. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Thank you again. Right on. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.